Hello and welcome back to the movies. My name is Daniel and today I'm going to be talking about Jake Wachell's Karmalink. It's about a Cambodian boy named Ling Heng who has dreams of his past lives. Uh, in Cam- Cambodia is a, a lot of Buddhism in it and they believe in reincarnation. So when this kid starts dreaming of his past lives, he consistently sees this golden statue of Buddha and throughout the whole movie this kid is obsessed with trying to find this thing because his family house is you know on the market for forced eviction for some conglomerate some company that wants to build a bullet train through his town and through his house and so the kid thinks if he gets this golden statue of buddha he can make enough money to save his family home so he teams up with a bunch of his friends and an orphan named shrey liak whom she's street smart, she's good at finding like bits and trinkets, knows everything in the neighborhood, and he enlists her help in order to, you know, find this thing and save his family house. Karma Link takes place, I wanna say, between twenty to fifty years in the future, where, you know it this movie reminded me a lot of the way like District Nine handles sci fi. It's very much a grounded look in how uh, one would project the future. I like that this is a future where virtual reality and augmented reality have kind of fused together and become part of the mainstream consciousness. Uh, A lot of people wear these sort of dots on their head, which kind of look like the third eye, or at least the metaphor of the third eye, where you can basically record every interaction you've ever had you can see these like images of the metaverse or what i guess zuckerberg would call it and put that in your daily life so it's kind of like google glass but it's way more integrated people actually get injections of nanobots in their body in order to perceive this kind of stuff without having to explicitly have like the the glasses or to be wearing a helmet or whatever you just live your daily life and see all of this stuff around you and um the whole movie is dealing with the kind of i guess the whole movie is kind of like reckoning with technological change it's looking at the sort of pitfalls of technological change but also the kind of it's weird to see it's not really weird to see the divide between the the wealth gap basically because the wealth gap is only getting bigger and so you've got people that are being thrust into the future and yet they're still living in like uh, really cramped living situations they're being basically run out of their homes by corporations I found it fascinating and funny because uh, this movie is super lean and it has like little bits of dialogue that's able to sell a whole world to you. Uh, there's a part where uh, Shreliak is trying to bribe someone or give someone or pay someone for something and she pays with American dollars and the kid's like, American dollars? Nobody wants that. And considering the bullet train is a Chinese uh, production, it's making me think of a future where, yeah, China's probably going to become the number one country in terms of uh, global cultural influence, and especially in the financial markets. 
I liked that sort of uh, predicting into the future and seeing where we are and kind of going from there. The whole movie is looking at technology as basically just a way to discover more about ourselves. Uh, the person that was trying to... Later throughout the movie, the AR and the VR thing is being used by a scientist that Leng Heng sees, uh, I guess bits and pieces of it in his dreams. There's a scientist who has made it their life, his life mission to use this technology in a way to kind of build a roadmap to his Buddhist karma. You know, if we have the ability to look in our past lives and record our dreams, then we have a way to kind of like tap into the genetic makeup of the soul like they're really trying to dig in there like there's got to be a way that you can trace back and see where your karma has gone throughout all of these lives using this nanobot technology and it's this notion of being able to try and capture the supernatural or the things that we can't really explain yet with uh, the new burgeoning technologies and seeing that balance go through the movie, trying to keep to Buddhist principles of being... Um, the movie opens with this uh, phrase, I think it's a prayer, it's called, I am born of my karma, I am heir to my karma. This notion that you're like in the middle of some grand process, and the scientist is trying to use technology to reach nirvana, this ultimate state of being, of, I guess, peace? In the Buddhist tradition, again, I don't know if this is considerable to heaven, which heaven just seems like the end-all be-all, like it's all perfection, or if we're talking about Buddhism in a sense that Buddhism is all about just accept... Maybe this is a grand, uh, gross uh, simplification of it all, but I always considered Buddhism to be more about accepting what you really can't control as just part of life and just trying to approach things in a way that's less about you it's about helping others it's about just um not really seeking the grandest it's not really about seeking the best version of yourself it's more of just doing good things because that's kind of how the world cleanly operates living in balance you know suffering is part of the plan suffering is basically part of life and life is good like a net good so we should accept the things we can't control again i don't really know uh, all of this but i like that the movie's kind of working through this stuff it's working through the religious understandings that we have of you know the past while embracing the promise that could potentially come with the future and seeing technology as just a facet of life of something that's just a current and it's gonna move people along and some people will fight the current and some people will go with the current and some people will sort of like embrace it with open arms and like swim along with that current but it 
doesn't have any feeling. It doesn't have any judgment about itself. Technology just moves forward because that's just the way of the world. It life goes on, life uh, uh, finds a way. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit heady while I'm talking about this, but the movie is really good. First and foremost, it just being about this kid. Uh, Leng Heng Prak, who I'm reading in the kit before recording here, unfortunately has passed. A kid's like kid was like 13, but I like watching him on screen. He's super plucky. He's uh, super likable. This kid, just really sweet, a little precocious, curious with a good heart, and uh, in some of the scenes where he's really got a sort of embrace more of like this scientist mentality and he's starting to explore a little bit more about himself and where he came from and I guess the purpose for his life he's really good at just sort of sitting in the moment and letting himself just become one with this grand understanding it never feels like this kid is impatient it never feels like he's you know, singularly focused on this golden Buddha statue. As his experience grows and as his knowledge of everything around him grows, so does his uh, so does his goals. His goals shift, and it's very much a coming of age story in that sense. He's just uh, he's just a good kid, and I, I I liked watching him, and I liked following his journey, especially as the movie, like I said, gets a little bit more heady and further away from the typical, oh, we're going to go treasure hunting, basically. But the kid is able to balance both of those sides, and I really like that. And it really sucks that we're not going to be able to see another performance from Leng Heng Prak. Um, Rest in peace. That's uh, That was a good kid. But who knows? Maybe his next life is floating around somewhere. And maybe there's some kid dicking around in a village or playing with like an AirPod or something that's going to change the world. I don't fucking know. Uh, for me, personally, the MVP of the movie is actually Shrey Liak. She's just a spit fire. She's uh, constantly super witty on her feet, has the best lines in the movie, she has the funniest lines of the movie, she's the one that's consistently grounded in the, we're on a treasure hunt and I want to because uh, no, at the beginning of the movie she's getting bullied but as she starts hanging out with Lang Hang starts being kind of like welcomed into more of these familiar groups like her, his family and his friends, they start slowly accepting her and so she, who's having sort of like a rough background, almost explicitly linked to the ARVR stuff, which this movie doesn't shy away from showing the pitfalls of. There's a scene in here that basically makes this stuff kind of look like uh, folks meeting in basements for like heroin. <laughs> like they get injected with these nanobots and it feels like they're getting injected with heroin. There's definitely a sort of like I hate to say druggy counterculture to this, but it definitely looks that way. And it's not, it looks kind of like one of those like 90s underground raves at one point, but it's ultimately just people standing. It's like one of those, uh, those silent raves where everybody wears headphones and gets to dance to whatever music they decide to bring to instead of the DJ. It kind of looks like that, like the really fucked up version of Ready Player One. 
And uh, this, I find it, uh, the irony is that Leng Hang is definitely leaning more towards the technological side of life and more towards the metaverse and more towards the heady stuff, whereas Shrey Liak is purely grounded in what is here, what is naturalistic on Earth. And sure, she is scavenging for technological scraps and pieces and says, hey, can I get whatever, whatever for this? Like, it doesn't really matter to her what she nicks or what she finds on the street as long as she can make some cash off of it. So seeing those two characters balance each other out, she is purely the one that's like, yo, like, you've been into looking for this golden statue of Buddha. Why are you getting distracted with all this other shit? And I like that balance and her... She gets some of the sweetest moments in the entire film whenever she like breaks out into a beaming smile. It's so warm and I can feel it in my, in my heart. And she really is, to me, one of the big beating hearts of the film. Um, the actual scientist himself, uh, I'm going to likely butcher this. I'm going to slow this down for y'all. Uh, Sahajak Buntanakit plays the plays the scientist who's trying to unlock this digital nirvana I like him uh, he's one of the few moments in the movie where the movie's actually in native just English <laughs> the rest of the movie I gotta read subtitles but hey subtitles open up a whole world of movies for people so I am totally for it but this guy's pretty cool just able to see the I feel like a, it's very easy for a character like this to be portrayed mad scientist, but he definitely just seems almost like a religious devotee. It's almost like he's gotten one step closer to touching the face of God and is not necessarily obsessed with that too, but I mean, you could argue it's an unhealthy degree, but I don't think it's nearly as crazy as some other... Uh, versions of this story have uh, versions of this character have been displayed like this ain't no Dr. Frankenstein it's, this guy's really just like trying to get back or trying to get a better understanding of everything like we all are and uh, forgive me yeah I liked the way that his relationship comes across there's this uh, doctor who helps Leng Heng's family who knew the scientist she's like the one white lady in the movie and uh, seeing his interactions with her her who is very much looking at it I think from the western tradition of oh my god this is a game changer this can change the world blah 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 like can you imagine like we're on the precipice of something and he I think is definitely leaning into a more I guess personal reason for it like I've experienced this I don't know what to make of it but I just know that I want to do this again and that search for it uh, he, both he and Ling Hang are able to express their dreams through art and so they're drawing these temples and I, I love seeing the difference between a 13 year old boy sketches which first off are really fucking good for a 13 year old like this kid's able to get in some detail in there that looks pretty good 
And then you look at the scientist who has the ability to do this stuff too and then see his beautiful paintings, these watercolors and just little touches like that, you know, gives this movie texture and flair and really makes it uh, a stellar piece to watch. I like the integration with these ancient uh, Cambodian Buddhist temples with like LED lights in the background. There's that fusion of uh, the technological future and the art because these, this construction, this architecture is art. The art that has pervaded for over five like centuries basically. And seeing those two sort of uh, mediums juxtaposed with each other is really cool. <laughs> it's super cool. Uh, that's pretty much what it is about Carmelink. It's one of those where if you're interested in history, if you're interested in religion and spirituality, there's something here for you. But if you're also interested in projecting towards the future and seeing how technology will change, not only from like a Western point of view, where it just seems like we're descending into like an Amazon-owned fascist hellscape, pure like capitalism unbridled. And if you want like a different perspective of this, something that's not necessarily looking at technology from like a colonialist perspective, although there are, especially with the Chinese influence in the background, there's definitely some of that influence in there. But if you wanted to see like a different version of the future, something that doesn't necessarily need to go towards space, but it can be grounded and really project what we think the actual future is going to be, I think Carmelink's really good for that. And yeah, this is another really solid recommendation for me. The more I talk about this, the more it's really kind of popped in my head and stayed there as like, wow, this actually seems like a palpable view of what the future is going to be. And when we look at the good stuff that can happen from it, I'm interested. I'm a little terrified of nanobots because I'm pretty sure fucking the ghost of Jeff Bezos and Walt Disney is just going to find a way to like U2 Songs of Innocence, the new fucking Marvel show or the newest Prime Day deals into my fucking corneas to where they're projected literally in front of me like, hey, buy now, buy now. And the only way you can get some fucking respite is to close your eyes. Hell, they're probably going to find a way to just project that in my mind anyway. End up dreaming about the Amazon Prime Day. Fucking hell. Sorry, that got a little dark, but hell, I live in America and these are dark times. Uh, maybe something like Carmeline can help like inspire some hope for the future because this definitely is a hopeful one. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot for everybody. You know, if you're into sci-fi, if you're into religion, if you're into coming-of-age movies, if you're into like a non-Western look at the world, then yeah, I would say Karma Link's good for you. It's available on most VOD platforms. And yeah, I would say definitely give it a shot. But that is it for me. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to follow me, Daniel, on Twitter at themovies underscore pod, please do so. But until next time, y'all take care. Yeah.